Good morning, North America. Welcome to Church Talk TV, lively talk about life, church, and church life. I'm your co-host, Dr. Bill Tenney Britton, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Dr. Chris Tenney Britton, and we're broadcasting from our studio in Columbia, Missouri, the heartland of America. Say good morning, Chris. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Church Talk. What are we? Church Talk Live? Church Talk TV, Church Talk Live. I mean, we were Church Talk Live before. I guess we're Church Talk Live today. So uh, we are, we kind of are who we are. Yeah, we are. <laughs> hey, Chris and Bill Tenney Britton and Kyle Ramoyan, our special guest today. Welcome, Kyle. Welcome, Thank Kyle. you. I, I feel special. Oh, you're <laughs> the ones who are special. Yeah, just 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 a real quick uh, update for yeah. the for those of you who are joining us for the first time. We launched Church Talk TV back in wow 2008, back with um, me and Tom Bandy on Blog Talk Radio. It was only radio; there was no video, but we changed that within what six months. And uh, we've been broadcasting, like we broadcast from 2008 to 2014 and kind of put a pin in it because we thought we'd said everything there was to say. And then we realized, of course, hey, that was a huge marketing faux pas, should never have stopped. <laughs> but beyond that, it was time to start again. So here we are um, live doing different kinds of studio stuff than we did before. We used to have a, a regular studio. And now because we want guests every week, we have gone to the Zoom model, um, as you can obviously see, because of all the stuff down there on the bottom with all the little swiggle. Yeah, well, whatever. It is what it is. We're glad to have you. Chris, talk, up, talk about uh, what's going on in your world. Chris, what's going on in my world? <laughs> yeah, you. Hey, hello. Hi. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't talk about this. Well, uh, you know, you said that it was a marketing faux pas, but we also heard from so many of you that uh, where's church talk? What's going on? This is our opportunity to to talk and to check in. So uh, I, too, am sitting here. I'm sitting in my office upstairs from my husband's where I get to talk to people all the time. Uh, ministers have lots of interactions with ministers, and I'm looking forward to getting to share what we're learning and bringing those ministers uh, to you. And not just congregational ministers at the moment, but people who have been congregational ministers, people who are working with churches, in churches, and can bring you the wealth of information that we get to gather each and every week. That's, and that's so today, me. Oh, I'm loving it. And, play, and, you know, get to spend time with our grand boys and, uh, and yeah, doing the stuff I love. And working with some people. Oh, if I could put, can I put a little plug out there? <laughs> this is a, it's a seven week, six and a half week study. And uh, we've been doing this online with about 15 people right now. Every Tuesday night, we're coming into the last two weeks and having a blast with it. I'm looking forward to, to repeating it and doing it again. There we are. All right. And so let me let's I want to introduce Kyle Armoyan. Uh, Kyle is the founding pastor of Celebration Community Church in Hayes, Kansas. Started with a handful of people. He was a radio DJ or DJ. Is that what you were? Yeah, yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah, 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 yeah. Manager, engineer, the kind of the boss. He was the head guy there at the radio station, pretty much. And um, launched this church, a celebration community, and it became the largest church in Hayes, Kansas. It became the largest church in the Kansas 
um, Disciples of Christ denomination in that region. Um, and uh, we, I, I brag, he doesn't say this, but I, but uh, or not very often, but the reality is, is that if in percentage of population, Kyle's church was bigger in percent of population than Rick Warren's church. He reached more of his population than Rick Warren was able to reach in Orange County, California, which is an amazing thing. So we have Kyle, here's our special guest. He is here today. Well, I should also say he is a, a coaching consultant with the Effective Church Group. He's one of us. And uh, he is here to talk about Easter hospitality. Chris, you were going to say something. I can see that. He does too. He said he works with uh, churches in Georgia to help them out and specifically with growth. And I think with new churches and, and developing, right, developing leaders and developing new congregations and developing existent uh, uh, congregations. But he also writes. He's been doing a, quite a bit of writing. And I think he may say just a little bit more about that for us today. So I too add my greetings. Kyle, thank you for being here. My pleasure, Chris. My pleasure, Bill. It's always a pleasure. The day I retired, I reached out to you and, uh, and you were gracious enough to travel great distance to meet with me. And, uh, and we began a, uh, a more, a more, more close, a closer relationship uh, in in what is on all of our hearts, and that is to helping churches with the experience that we have gleaned over the years to be able to help new and existing churches to uh, to grow and to thrive. And I'll tell you, it's been a difficult time in these last few years, but uh, churches are hanging in there and, uh, and are in need ever more for uh, some good and godly advice in regards to uh, how to press on and how to thrive in these uh, difficult, divided, and economically uh, difficult times. So Absolutely. And, and, and I see that you have it in front of you. Um, Kyle, as Chris talks about Kyle's writing, he's actually written a couple books, um, one of which we have had the great privilege, privilege of publishing with him as the Effective Church Group, um, <laughs> Church Turnaround A to Z. And uh, if you need a copy of that, it is on Amazon.com. And you know what's one of the things that? Yeah, you need a copy of it. There you are. Yeah. If they haven't gotten one, they need one. And in your church needs one too. Like all the people in your church need them. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. There we are. All right. So so today, uh, uh, Kyle, well, too many K's today. Um, Kyle is talking specifically about Easter hospitality because Kyle is like, you know, he knows hospitality. His church did not get to the size that it got because he had lousy hospitality and had uh, lousy follow-up. And so, Kyle, just let it, and I just say this, a lot of uh, information you share today comes from a blog. Um, Well, it comes from your experience, but you wrote a blog recently on the 40 things you can do to help uh, be hospitable and uh, grow and etc on your Easter service and it's at the effective church group I'm sorry effectivechurch.com in our blogs this is one of the top two or three blogs recently that published but he's going to share some uh, tips and he has 20 of them and we'll see if we can get through all 20 today uh, but hey if if not all 40 of them are available there on uh, on a, on the effective church blog so so let me just ask you let me just ask you, you know, um, on big days, you know, Christmas and, and Easter and Mo I don't know if Mother's Day is still a big day in a lot it of is. churches. I don't know it used yeah, to be. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, it, you know, it, it used to be the, the moms came and assist their their kids and their family and their husbands come. Um, I don't know that that's still happening. I hope that it is, but I know that there are some ways of making that happen, and we'll probably do another Mother's Day special to talk about that. But we're going to stay right around Easter. But to, Kyle, why is it so very important to do special hospitality? I mean, is it a hospitality uh, needed all year round? Absolutely. Of course it is. But I have found in the two churches that I pastored, was a senior pastor of, that uh, the growth of the church, big days were the launch pads for that growth. And so therefore, the biggest day of the year still, Easter, uh, and I say Easter weekend, not necessarily just Easter Sunday, but the Easter weekend, that is the the greatest opportunity to uh, jumpstart your growth from that platform throughout the rest of the year. And we can talk about um, those things, but absolutely the the principles that we're gonna be talking about today are applicable every day that uh, that the church meets and in preparation for it and the follow-up of it. So, but Easter, there's just something special about that. And if there were a time that someone would accept an invitation to attend a church, Easter is still the number one day for that. They're still in people's minds, eh, I should probably go to church on Easter. And so I've developed this, and it was it was 40 days because I wrote that blog on the, on the first day of Lent, and the, that sense of 40 uh, just kind of popped ahead. But we're not going to deal with 40, but we're going to touch upon a few of the things that are vitally important, certainly in increasing your Easter attendance and beyond. And uh, and uh, but it's applicable for every day that uh, that the church gathers. Uh, we talk about hospitality, and uh, and so the first thing I want to make mention of is that we as a church need to focus our attention on our hospitality ministry. At the church that I pastored, we called ours hugs, hospitality, ushering, greeting. QGS and security, uh, and, and, and we we really bolstered those teams up prior to Easter. We called for extra people to uh, serve in volunteer positions for that time, knowing that we had have more guests than at any other time, and wanting to make sure that all of our guests were warmly welcomed. But more than that, really felt like VIPs. We are the packets that we gave to the the uh, the newcomers packet we called a vip because they were very important people and we wanted them to know that and so that's just a great place to start bolster your team and then prepare your people ahead of time because we want and still believe that an effective form of evangelism is our members inviting their France, and this is an expression that I picked up from the from the Tenny Britons. France stands for friends and relatives and acquaintances and co-workers and and uh, and neighbors and, and everyone else. Everyone. And everyone else. <laughs> and, then, and then everyone. And so it's important for us to target who we're trying to reach, and uh, and most churches will reach those who look like themselves, and so. You know, we may say, well, we want young families. Well, we can target young families, but if it's a congregation of older adults, your f- France are usually not 
young families. But it's okay. Invite those whom you know. And uh, an important thing that I picked up from, again, the Tenny Britons is uh, when you talk about your church, talk about the benefits as opposed to the features. I used to always say, oh, we're a contemporary church and we've got great music. Well, great music, that sounds fine, but what does that mean to someone? That's a feature, great music, great preaching is a feature. A benefit is life-changing messages. A benefit is awe-inspiring music, things like that. So when we talk, when we invite people, be sure to promote the benefits, not so much the features. Awesome. Shall I go on? <laughs> so, so in increasing the, this hugs team, we want to make sure, I go to a lot of churches, and it still amazes me that I don't know what door to go in to a church because there's there's not clear signage that the church has in regards to where the main worship center is, where you want people to come in. And, and in churches with lots of doors, I find lots of doors are locked, even on a Sunday morning, because it's not the door that they prefer people to come in. A way that I have always found that people can know where to go in is by having your greeters be outside in the parking lot and in in front of the building and not just one person and uh, and always open up the door for them. That's just a that's a common courtesy. But if you're in the parking lot you and you have designated parking for your guests then you can start the hospitality process right then. I used to teach our hugs team to do a 10 second testimonial. And that is as people are coming, you're welcoming them in the car. You, they get out of their car, you greet them. As you walk them to the door greeters, you offer one of several 10 second testimonials. Oh, you're really gonna enjoy the music here today. I love it. Oh, I love it. Great, oh, great. Our, our pastor, and again, now this is this is benefits, not features. Our pastor delivers life-changing messages. Your kids are going to have a blast in kids' church, whatever is appropriate. But just in that first 10 seconds, because we're told that the, the first 3 to 12 minutes that someone comes to a church are vital in regards to whether they come back or not. And that's all based on how they were greeted. So we offer a testimony on the way to the door. At the door, people are warmly welcoming them, never asking the question, is this your first time here? Ah, but rather to say, hi, my name's Kyle. I don't believe we've met. What's yours? That is a generic way to be able to get the name of the person who comes. And if and if your greeters are anywhere worth their salt, they know that's a new person. They've not seen that person before. They can then direct them to the welcome center. Now, before I ever had a welcome center, we had a table. So if you don't you don't need to create this vast, beautiful uh, center to invite people to, but a place that is uh, that is has good signage that says you know, welcome center or something to that effect. 
and have people come to it right there. Have one of your best people there who knows all that's going on in the church. And the idea is when they come to that welcome center, they are offered a gift, a free gift on behalf of the church. And, uh, and if you can get people to come to the welcome center, you can then get them to fill out a welcome card, some kind of way to um, get their information. Now, if they, now they can choose to not do that because you don't want to force that. But inside that welcome bag that we would give people um, is a welcome card for them to fill out. And then when I asked the whole congregation later on during the greeting time to fill out their, because every, you know, if they can see everyone filling out a welcome card, they'd feel more comfortable in doing so themselves. And then when the offering happens, and most churches still pass an offering plate of some kind, always tell your first time guests, please don't feel obligated to participate in the offering. We're here to serve the good news to you. But if you will put your, welcome card in the offering because we've got a free gift for you at the welcome center so you're hitting them up in the welcome center in the front end you're hitting them up in the midst of the of the service itself and then at the end now here's the nice thing about when you get that that bag into the uh, a visitor's hands it's visible to everybody else that this is a new time, this is a first time person. And so then you have, and again, this is all about training your congregation to prepare them for the next generation of people who are coming and to be on the lookout to have their antenna up. I used to do this during our new members class. I would teach them that when I would do the greeting time where people would greet one another. And I know during COVID that kind of stopped, but we're doing that again that I would hold up three fingers. And those three fingers were to represent before you go and say hello to your old buddies that you've been going to church with for 20 years, find three people who you don't know and warmly greet them. That way, our newcomers, our visitors, uh, they don't feel overwhelmed, but they certainly will never leave that place feeling like they were ignored. Let me interrupt real quick, Kyle. Let me because I just I want to kind of key in on that because one of the um, the number one from studies, uh, polls, surveys, whatever the number one thing that visitors say they hate is you know hey stand up and let us greet you. Um, the second thing they hate is the welcome time, but not because they um, don't like being welcomed, but because so often they end up standing there by themselves, going what am I doing? You know, and everyone else is talking to their friends. And so the left out. Yeah. And, well, and, and awkward. And it's like, I don't know anybody. And I, you know, what am I? Um, and so your, your three, three, you know, go to three, three people helps that. The other thing that we always taught was a visitor never stands alone. In fact, no one ever stands alone. Um, you stand and have a conversation with whoever <laughs> until someone comes up and relieves you. And then you can go on and they can pick up so that a visitor never stands alone. That way, that way, the, the greeting time is never traumatic for someone. Right. Okay, wait, right. I have two questions before we move on. So, Kyle, when you did the three, did you say go talk to three people or that was just a sign? Awesome. That's that, was, that was a, uh, an inside uh, signal to our members. I love who, who it. I taught that at the membership class membership because, class. you know, that this is your responsibility as a member is to warmly welcome. At our membership oh. class, I would ask three questions. 
How did you hear about us? What did you notice first? What do you like best? How did you hear about us and what did you like best? Always got different answers. Some people would say, well, you know, I, I heard through the radio. I heard through word of mouth. I heard through a friend. What do I like best? Oh, I like the music. Oh, I like the preaching. Oh, I like the, the donuts. Always the second question, the same answer was prevalent to every person who ever came to that church. How warmly welcome. That was the thing that they noticed first. And I think it is a significant reason why the church grew. That's awesome. Okay, wait, now I have a second question. Uh, do you, I hear you say that they went to the Welcome Center first, if possible, so they had the bag and everybody knew. So you might have some at the end of the service who didn't get caught coming in. But, but many of them, or at least some of them, had that bag. I, I just love that because we always think about, oh, the Welcome Center, go by the Welcome Center, whatever. But this is that sense of that, uh, that these greeters or like greeters number two can get them to that Welcome Center. And I love that. I hope you all Well, here's the thing. You're going to love this even more. We had greeters at the end of the service at the doors as well, not just on the front end, but on the back end. So as people were leaving, you saw that they had a bag and we'll talk about what's inside the bag in just a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but then they know this is a new, this is a new person. Be sure to greet them and invite them to the next newcomer friendly event. I used to have after, and not just on big days, this is once a month, I would host a pizza with the pastor. And that was an opportunity for newcomers to come, to be fed. For one, it invite, we would have it right after the, the church service. And, and so it was a good invitation back. Oh, here's another thing about the welcome, about the, the welcome card. Um, I would uh, invite them. Well, we'll talk about that later. So inside there is the invitation to the pizza with the pastor or whatever it is that's coming up. And it can't be too far ahead. It can't be a month ahead. It's got to be within a couple of weeks. There are online ways of doing that now as well. I, I don't have a name for it yet because I don't know how to get pizza through the, uh, through the computer. But, uh, but to be able to invite people for a search chat for lack of a better word, with the pastor or pastors who can share the vision of the church uh, to a newcomer in a non-threatening way. And so uh, getting that information, though, is just vital because it's not just about the hospitality. It's about, as Bill Tenney Britton talks about it, the, the most important Sunday in a new person's life is that second Sunday. You want to get them back for the second. And so a great way to do that is on Easter Sunday is to start a new need meeting benefit driven message series. And I, I'm just, I, 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 I had some heat on this early on because old members would say it's Easter. Shouldn't we be pre preaching the Easter message? Well, every Sunday's Easter message. You know, it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a reason that we're all here. But um, <laughs> there's an old joke. I saw an old cartoon where the, a, 
person who says, how come every time I come to church, I hear the same two messages? Well, they only come on Easter and Christmas. And so therefore, <laughs> yeah. the people who only come on Easter, give them a reason to come back. How to, re how to resurrect your marriage. Tell me we don't all need that to one degree or another. How to breathe new life into your finances or something like that. A need needing message that starts on Easter and at work. Uh, no, it starts on Easter. And then you want to get them back the next day to be with you. So you tell the Easter story through your time for kids. You tell your Easter story through uh, videos, through the music. The Easter message will come through in the service, but the most important thing is that you have something for these guests to come back the next week. I used to, I used to have a photo booth set up every Easter as well. So the families, because they, they kind of dress up in their Easter duds, and it's a good day to take a family picture. So we wouldn't we'd set up a, a a set that that with plants and and uh, depending on the season because we'd also do it around Christmas time and Mother's Day as well. That's another good day to to set up that in the uh, narthex. Oh, did I use that word? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Narthex in Troy benediction. If you have a bullet and you really don't need one. If you have a bullet and take that kind of insider language out because it's confusing. And Bill Tenney Britton always says, don't embarrass me, don't confuse me, don't overwhelm me, don't ask for an offering, don't ignore me. I don't know if you put the don't ask for the offering, but I added that because I just think that's important because most newcomers think all the church cares about is money. So if you tell them not to give, that kind of shocks them. Okay, Kyle, I have to say this. One of my big bugaboos right now is like right up in the front of, of bulletins and uh, and screens and websites give here. I will see that up top. My husband and I have a little bit of disagreement, but it brings home exactly what you're saying. It's like, come on, guys, put your give here somewhere else or whatever, but please not up front. Yeah. At the church I pastored, we never passed an offering plate because most people think all the church cares about is money. At the membership class, we teach biblical stewardship, so our people know to do that. But uh, we would have offering baskets at the door that people could come and, and put it in, and, and people were faithful in regards to that. So all right, I get, to interrupt, I get to interrupt you, Kyle, because we have two and a half minutes left. Oh, what the heck were we thinking that we could do this in half an hour? I mean, we were not... <laughs> Yeah, but but that we're, we're, we we got a half we got a half hour. We're going to stick with our format, young lady. We just have to. All right, because I mean we're now a podcast, not just a not just an online TV show. So but he can come back. I think we have. He can absolutely look, yeah. already lined up for next week. But can he come back the week after? We might have we'll, to have him come back the week after that. I'll come back whenever you ask. Thank okay. you. All right. Easter. All right. Great. All right, so yeah, Easter's coming, and so is every Sunday for for uh, uh, yeah. All right, I just I just want to I just want to share a couple things. Is a don't forget effectivechurch.com. The blog has all forty eight things that Kyle Kyle has been sharing with us. 
Um, the other thing is, is if you are interested in um, some hospitality quick tips, just a, just a tip of the iceberg, the, in the description of this show is a link where you can download the hospitality quick tips, which is a workbook um, and uh, uh, some ideas on how you can put your hospitality at the front of the uh, the, the front of everyone's mind. Because uh, when people are thinking about hospitality, people feel welcome. Uh, next week we have a uh, we have um, networking that we have a conversation about networking. We have a, a woman who is a networker uh, going to come and talk to us, especially for those of you who are a bit on the introverted side. Um, and we're going to talk about how to also have conversations with the opposite gender when it comes to um, networking because that can be really awkward. So we're going to talk about that. Chris, you had something you wanted to say before I uh, hit the out. Yeah, I'm going to just talk over you for that reason. Uh, so we're going to get a link to Kyle's book, uh, a book on, uh, as well up there on EffectiveChurch.com, which is like all the more reason that you want to link on, on over there. And I want to say something about that person, networking, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I can't think of it. All right. Hey, it has been great. We'll be back next week at 9 a.m. Uh, Central Time. And uh, Kyle, so appreciate what you've shared. There's so much to hospitality. The bottom line is, um, if, if as, as Kyle has said, that you know the, the most important Sunday in a visitor's life is their second Sunday. If you can't get them back, you can't grow your church. So hospitality is key. Um, thanks for joining us, and we will see you soon. Bye-bye.